Let us go to Lodium, Pretoria. Our beloved Ustad is there. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa arafat. Jazakallahu khayt to our technicians, Brother Junaid Khan, Brother Riyaz Hussain. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala Rasooli al-Kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah, today the 29th of Rajab, we continue and our focus is on Surah Tahrim, chapter number 66, verse number 12. Almighty Allah addresses Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Ya Yuan Nabi, Lima to Harimuma Ahalallahu Lak. O Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, why have you made a haram and unlawful that which Almighty Allah made lawful and permissible for you? The Sababun Nuzul, the circumstances and background that led to these verses being revealed was Mustafa Habibuna Sallallahu Mubarak Habit and Adat Sharifa was after Asr Salat, the Master Alayhi Salatu Salam would go to the honorable wives and spouses and spend time by each wife, discuss issues of mutual importance and so forth. So one day, Sayyida Hafsa, Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha saw that Nabi alayhi salatu salam spent a long time by Sayyida Zainab radiallahu anha. So they said that we must tell Mustafa sallallahu alayhi sallam that you know there is some odor or some bad smell or whatever coming, you know. So maybe that you had that by Sayyida Zainab. So this was, you know, Adwarratan la tattafiqan. When you have two, three, four wives, then always there is some type of disagreement and so forth. So this is something normal. So Mustafa sallallahu said, yes, I had a certain thing, that meaning maghafir. And now I'll make it haram, I won't have it in future. So Almighty Allah said, why did you make that haram, which Almighty Allah made halal for you? So from here we deduce that Almighty Allah Jalla alone makes halal and haram and Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then conveys that to us after receiving the wahi and revelation. So that is why the surah and the beginning verses were revealed. Thereafter Almighty Allah Jalla teaches us, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanuku anfusakum wa ahalikum nara. Nevertheless, then Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa paid the kafara as well. And when you study the ahadith kitab, you find all the details. So save yourself and save your children from the fire. Today, when we see and study this ummah, we will see we're suffering from the sea syndrome. We give clothing, we give computers, CDs, cell phones, cash, cars to our children. And we find that we are buying their love. We're not sharing our love with them. We're not giving them quality time. And therefore, so many children go off track because we as parents don't have time. 
The parent, the father is too busy with his business and golf and friends. And the mother is too busy with her shopping and going to the malls and sometime meeting Paul. So all these things go on. And therefore, we need to understand that this is not the way of true Muslims. The greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts after Iman, Islam, Allah blessed us, is our flowers, our children. And ma nahla walidun nahlan ahsana min adabin hasan. The greatest sea we can give our our children. Mustafa sallallahu alaihi hadith in Tirmidhi is good character. So who is concerned of the character of the children? Ya yu alladina amanu tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. E iman walo make sincere tawba. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anu wa arda was asked, what is the meaning of nasuha? He said, when you milk the she-camel or the cow, do you see the milk going back into the others of the animal? They said, no. He said, that is tawbah and repentance. Each one of us living today here physically in this world, we all are sinners when we are sane and mature. So we need to make tawbah. For Toba and repentance, we must show remorse and regret. We must fulfill the rights of all, Allah. We have one month left approximately. So the qada fast we have, we have to keep the qada. The salat we have missed, so we have to keep the salat. We have to perform that salat. The zakat that is outstanding, we have to pay that. So it continues. Then hukukul ibad, that the people we owe money or whatever else. So all that needs to be repaid. And thereafter, make this firm intention, we will not go back to the evil and devilish lifestyle. That is to boo ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. And the vices we are involved in, immediately we detach ourselves from that. So that is what Islam is teaching us. O oh, Ummah, on this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah Friday, learn this beautiful, wonderful, powerful du'a. Surah 66, verse number 8. Rabbana atmim lana nurana waghfil lana. O oh, beloved Allah, perfect and complete for us our nur. We don't want load shedding, Ya Allah, in the grave. We don't want load shedding on the day of justice. We want the nur, the celestial light, and effulgence and radiance in this world. We want it in our graves. We want it on the day of justice. So that is the true Muslim, and forgive us, Ya Allah. Surah 66, verse number 8. All Allah speaks of four ladies. Imra'ata Nuh wa Imra'ata Lut. Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu salam. Nabi Lut alayhi salatu salam. These are mighty messengers of Allah, but their wives were non-Muslim. That time to marry the non-Muslim was permissible, so all Mighty Allah said, they dispatched to Jahannam and the hellfire. All Mighty Allah spoke of two honorable, pious ladies, and the one was the wife of the pharaoh, that big pharaoh, the zalim, the oppressor, the tyrant. His wife's name Asiya, with the alif, with the hamza, and she begged Allah, Rabbibni li in the kabaitan fil jannah. Ya Allah, you grant me the palace day in jannah. Wa najini min fir'aun wa amalihi. And you rescue me from the pharaoh and his actions and the people who are the tyrants and the oppressors. Almighty Allah heard the dua. Almighty Allah reserved the palace and place for her in Jannah. Wa Maryam ibn Imran. And Maryam, Mary, the daughter of Imran. 
She led a pure and a chaste life. Therefore, we say Maryam al-Azra, Mary the Virgin. So this is how all make Allah Jalla wala praise Sayyida Asiya radiallahu anha, Sayyida Maryam radiallahu ta'ala anha. May all make Allah Jalla wala make us of those that lead a pure and a chaste life. Few announcements quickly. Here I am in Pretoria. There was a terrible accident on Monday night, and there are two ustads and teachers of the Darul Ulumiye, Dar es Salaam, Moana Imran Yusuf and Moana Zubair Kalang. They, we went to visit Moana Zubair and Moana Imran is there in the hospital in Malpak. Make dua for them that all make Allah Jalla Wala grant both these Maulana Shifai Kamil. Likewise, our cousin Faisal Sharif of King Rose Trikhat. So he is also in hospital in Unitas. Allah Jalla Wala grant him Shifai Kamil. All those who are ill, Ya Allah, Allah Manta Shafi, La Shifa illa Shifauk. Shifa and la yuvadiru sakama. Ya Allah, all those who are ill, Ya Allah, you grant them shifa kamil. Our marhumin, those who have passed away, Ya Allah, grant each one of them jannatul firdos and their family sabri jamil. Amin, 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 thumma amin, thumma amin. Ustrada, it's 15 minutes after 5 Central African time. Beautiful Friday morning indeed. Uh, this one says, Muftis up, I am Lutfia Ibrahim. I have a question regarding the souls of the deceased. I have read in a book, uh, Muftis up, entitled Return of the Souls. And I'm starting to question its authenticity. It is said in this book that the souls of the dead visit their homes every Thursday evening on the day of Ashura as well as Eid. Is this true, Ustad? Almighty Allah Jalla Wala in the Noble Quran speaks about the soul. And they ask you, O Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, regarding the ruh, the soul, and the spirit. And Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is commanded by Almighty Allah. The ruh is to do what my Allah, and it is to do what such things that me and you with our puny little brains will never comprehend properly and thoroughly. وَمَا أُوْتِيْتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Chapter 17, verse number 85. So remember that if you want to read about the ruh, then the best book in Arabic is Kitabul Ruh by Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, the great scholar, the celebrated student of Sheikh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimahullah. And in English, if you want, sister, then read The Journey of the Soul. What you have mentioned there, that is not authentic and incorrect it is. Jazakumullah khairan Ustad. Ustad, the next question says, um, the parents of my husband is aware of him taking horse bets. He resides by them and don't bother to support the kids with a single penny. What should I do, Ustad? Just repeat the question, Monana. What happened? He says, the parents of my husband is aware of him taking horse. You know the horse bets, Ustad? He resides. The horse? Horse, horse. I think it says uh, they are betting on horse, horse. Oh, horses. Ah. Horse uh, bets, All that is haram, obviously. Gambling is haram. And for the parents to connive and turn a blind eye, so all that they will be accomplice in that crime. Quran Kareem states, وَلَا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْأُدْوَانِ Do not cooperate in sin and in transgression. Surah 5, verse number 2. So you must tell your husband, even if he wins, 
all that money is haram and everything he does there, A to Z, is haram. Going there, watching the horses and whatever else. So therefore, people like that get cursed. And Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Quran warns about this and Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warns about these type of actions. So therefore, you need to bring it to the attention of your husband that you are going to be cursed. If you continue like this, you are already cursed, but things will get worse. And remember the parents, that is your father-in-law, mother-in-law, they also must be speaking out and be vocal against your husband in his illegal activities. Mm. Someone is asking you, Ustad, this is, uh, oh, Brother Ibrahim Seder from Italy. He says, Honorable, respected Mufti Saab, I've heard that it is not recommended to sleep between Asr and Maghrib. Is this true? And if it is, what is the reason concerning it and the sun attached if it is done? Ustad, Brother Ibrahim if, Seder. If people sleep between Asr and Maghrib, it's not sinful. So take that out of your head. If people sleep between Asr and Maghrib, it's not sinful. So we need to take that out of our minds and our heads in that. If you go to the Arab countries, you go to Makkah, Mukarramah, Madinah, Munawwara in midsummer, between Asr and Maghrib is three hours, three and quarter hours. So you must remember so many people sleep there and so forth. Yes, some ulama have written that it is not good to sleep because when people sleep between Asr and Maghrib, then there is fear that you will miss the Maghrib Salat and so forth. So it shows that if as long as you put the alarm or you tell somebody to wake you up and so forth, so then it would be permissible to sleep, especially if you are in those countries during midsummer where the gap between Asr and Maghrib is three hours or even more. Some ulama wrote that your memory will get weak and all that. But remember, there's no authentic hadith to prove that. So this is what we will say. That is amalul awliya or ra'yul ulama. So these are the issues here. So we can't say it's haram or not permissible. We will say that it's better to stay awake and engage in zikr, tilawatul Quran, dua, because that is a mubarak time between asr, a blessed time between asr and maghrib. But we need to be careful. It would not be classified as a sin. Yes, if we miss our Maghrib Salat, then obviously it is a major, major sin. Ustad, can a, can a divorced woman receive zakat? She does a small business that's just enough to sort her rent, little good stuff, and see to her kids, Ustad. Remember, you can't make a law and say that a divorced woman can receive zakat. So many divorced women have jewelry. So many divorced women have bank accounts. So many divorced women have thousands and so forth. So maybe the husband gave them while the marriage was subsisting. So we have to look at it at the individual cases. Everyone will be judged on merit and individually that if she's a Muslimah and she's alone or she has children and they are in dire straits, they don't have money, nor at home, nor in the bank, they don't have jewelry, then in that case there you can say that she can receive zakat. But in a case like that, we need to ask her, where's your father, where's your brother? They are the people who are supposed to support her. After the divorce, Mustafa Habibuna said, the best charity the father can give is when he supports his daughter who has been divorced. The hadith in Mishkat Sharif. So all these issues and factors need to be taken in consideration. You can't pass one blanket ruling regarding these type of issues.
Well, sir, let us go to uh, Canada. There's a, a, a student of Dean. She says, uh, respected Mufti Saab, I am in a girl's Darul Ulum here in Canada, in Vancouver. Uh, my name is Samia. Alhamdulillah, respected Mufti Saab, I have just completed my second year. Mufti Saab, what is your personal opinion? Should I complete all five years or only three years? Samia, Ustad. MashaAllah, very good question, sister. My personal opinion regarding this is, in life you need to get orientation and direction. So once you have done three years, it's sufficient for you. Now you should learn a little bit about computers. You should learn about cooking. You should learn about baking. You should learn about sewing. You should learn all these things. So tomorrow, in future, when you get married, you become a great asset to your husband. When you want to win the heart of your husband, then you make khidmat and serve him. And once he's happy with you, look at this wife. How many portfolios she's fulfilling? She is my wife. She fulfills my conjugal rights. She is a cook and she's fulfilling that as well. She is the tailor and the dressmaker. So anything needs to be done, she knows how to do it. She is the lady, my personal secretary and assistant. She knows the computer as well. So look at all these issues. So that is what the husband wants. Mm. So therefore, my advice for you ladies is not necessary to finish five years and six years. You just do basically two, three years and never call yourself a alima. Say you're a taliba, a student. And in that way there, you learn the basics of Islam. You got orientation and direction. And then when you get married, you will win the heart of the husband and the debit card and credit card as well, <laughs> inshallah. I love that. The debit card and the credit card. She says, shukran ya ustad. Mashallah, Samia from uh, Vancouver. I want to go to Canada, inshallah, one day, me and Hajabu Yusuf. Ustad, Molana, uh, it says here, what happens if a husband is registered on dating site and he chats with other women on Facebook and WhatsApp? Am I entitled for a talaq, ustad? Almighty Allah Jalla Wala teaches us Wala Takrabu Zina. Do not even go near fornication and adultery. Islam promotes a pure and a chaste life, not a life of immorality. Quran Kareem calls such people Surah 24, Surah Nur. Therefore, our mother Siddiqa to bin to Siddiq, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, the beloved daughter of Sayyidah Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu warda used to say, Teach your female Surah Nur. So Surah 24 verse 26. The impure man for the impure woman. The immoral woman for the immoral man. So you know, you're not allowed to request a fasakh in that case, but you can request a talaq and tell him you're having cyber affairs, you're having all this platonic relationship and all that, and you're betraying our trust. What example are you for the children and so forth? So remember, start ta'aleem in your house, and inshallah, he'll come to his senses. But if he doesn't listen, then you go to your local ulama and your ulama organizations there, wherever you are, and then you see what the way forward and so forth. Ustan, let us go to uh, this morning. I'm, I'm reading the, the message. Uh, this is from Chile. Uh, the Chile, Chileans, mashallah. He says, Mufti Sap, I would like to know my estate. Please advise me. I am married in accordance with the Islamic law, Sharia law. My wife and I do not have our own biological children. 
However, we have adopted two children since birth. The girl who is now 25 years and the boy who is now 20 years of age. Both my parents are deceased. I have an elder and younger brother as well as one sister, all of whom have children. I would appreciate if uh, Mufti Sab could give us the percentage each would be entitled to. Ustad. Okay, let's say it is the husband asking this question. So in a case like that, the wife will receive 25% because there are no children. And then there are no parents as well. So 25% already went to the wife. Mm -hmm. And then the remainder will go to the deceased siblings. So you said you have two brothers and one sister. That's correct, Monona? Two G brothers and one sister? G, Ustad, it says two brothers and one sister, G. Yeah, so then the remaining 75%, you will make their five shares. So two, two shares for the brother, and you must remember for the sister, you will make 51%. So it means one share. So 30, 30% for the brothers and 15% for the sister. So the percentage is straightforward. Yeah, I worked it out for you already. That number one is the wife, 25%, mm -hmm. and then the siblings, because there's no children, there are no parents, so the two brothers, so one, one, each brother will get 30, 30%, mm -hmm. that's 60%, and the sister will get 15%, so that is 75%, and that is how your estate will be winded up. Mm. Uh, I and, see. Adopted, and adopted children don't inherit. What you can do for them is, mm -hmm. that first will be burial, funeral expenses, Second will be the deaths of the deceased. Third will be wasiya that you bequeath for them. So in your world, you can write down a clause that these adopted children we have, son and daughter and whatever, so you want to bequeath 10%, 20%, 30%, maximum one-third of the total estate. So they will not be heirs, but they can become beneficiaries in the sense that they will make wasiyat for them, and they will then in a get share from that you have made wasiya and what you bequeath for them. But they are not heirs. Adopted children, stepchildren, foster children, none of them are heirs. Mm. Uh, Hafiz Mutasir, mashallah, from uh, Chelly, uh, asking Muftisab, by any, by any chance, is Muftisab coming to Chelly? By any chance, do you start? You, you make dua, inshallah. Inch we will see you soon, inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> Ustad, recently I have been trying to bring the many sunnas in my life. I want to start wearing kurta full time. This is from Umtlanga. However, my mother isn't happy about it. Pleasing your mother is very important, Muftisab, but I would like to know what I should do in a case like this, Ustad. Mother is very important. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that al-jannatu tahta aqdamil ummahat that remember jannat lies beneath the feet of the mother. But Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is more important than the mother. So go to your mother, take a nice gift and a present, kiss her beloved hand and say, Ummi, I love you. But the Quran Sharif is telling me, Surah 3, verse 31, chapter 3, verse 31, Fattabi'uni, follow me, Mustafa Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, immaculately, Yuhbibukumullah, you become the beloved of Almighty Allah, jalla wala, wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum, and Almighty Allah, jalla wala, will forgive you your sins. So it shows that this is what we need to do. So to show our true love for Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then we follow the teachings of the Master Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hadith in Bukhari Sharif, La yu'minu ahadukum, none of you got complete perfect iman. 
حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس أجمعين until you love me مصطفى حبيبنا صلى الله عليه وسلم more than you love your parents your children and all the people together so it shows my brother that you don't have to worry in this issue too much of your mother and you worry about what Islam and Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are teaching us Muftada please help us my mother is living with our eldest sister for the past few months she is not allowing any of us to visit our mother no phone calls she has cut us off completely from our mother what can we do Ustad? Remember what the sister is doing is absolutely haram and you'll need to get this message through to her. Surah 47, Surah Muhammad, the surah name after the master Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa chapter 47, verses 22, 23. In the when you have authority, so that sister got authority now, and tufsidu fil ard, you make mayhem chaos on this earth. And then you do what you did, وَتُقَتِّعُوا أَرْحَامَكُمْ And then you sever the family ties. أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهِ Those are the people Allah curses them. فَأَسْوَمَّهُمْ وَأَعْمَى أَبْصَارَهُمْ And Allah makes them spiritually deaf and spiritually blind. So you can even go to court and you can take the ulama and whatever. But definitely what she's doing is absolutely haram. And she's cutting the mother off from her own children and that is absolutely haram and not permissible Ustaz, one, one more question one more question one and i have to go uh, can one put a haram in jeddah traveling via dubai Ustad? not permissible you must remember you're traveling via dubai you fasten a haram in dubai they have wonderful facilities there in dubai so at uh, downstairs also and if you go there to on top mashallah where they have the you know understand that for the people who have gold card and silver card and what have you. So you go there, mashallah. So you get wonderful facilities there. And then you tie your ihram there. One hour before you land in Jeddah, you make intention. And then you perform your umrah. If you fasten ihram in Jeddah, then you will have to slaughter a goat or a sheep. And that has to be slaughtered there in Makkah. That is the fatwa. Okay, our uh, program for today is, inshallah, we're going to masjid now, inshallah, we'll have some nasiha there. Then at Darul Salaam, we'll have a lesson on hadith. Yesterday was Bukhari Sharif, today is Mishka Sharif. Thereafter, Hapaz 11, we'll translate the khutbah. And Jumma, inshallah, in CIS Masjid Ye in Pretoria Lodium, Masjid Nur. So make dua for us and the Ummah read abundant Durud Sharif. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That was uh, our beloved honorable Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, Hafizahullah.